Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, I'll be honest with you. Years ago, I read The Seven Letters read it through many times since then. I've preached on it before, taught on it. And, and I find that the seven letters, the seven letters to the churches are amazing letters that have application today. They're not prophetic passages. They're not talking about something in the future. They're talking about right where you and I are at right now. They're talking about where the churches are at and the things that we struggle with. And, and you would think, because a lot of us, we want to hear from Jesus. I want to hear from Jesus. I want, I want God to, to show me things and encourage me and, and strengthen me. I want to know what He wants for my life. And a lot of us are like that, right? But the fact of the matter is, is if we're going to get a message from Jesus, a lot of times, yeah, it's going to be positive, it's going to be encouraging, but He's also going to point out what? Stuff that maybe needs to change in our lives. And that's true for the letter today. Here's a church, the church at Thyatira. This is the church we're going to look at here in a moment, who had some good things going on. And he actually says that they've got some good things going on. But, but there's always a but, isn't there? there there's, a, there's a problem. And the problem is, is that somehow they've entered into a mindset that they just need to tolerate some things. Like it's really not going to bother him. And I think, can, can I be honest with you? I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. We'll talk about it more as we get into the message. You and I can get in a mindset that kind of, kind of is like Jesus just accepts whatever we do and he forgives us for the bad stuff and it doesn't bother him. Well, no, that's not true. In fact, nowhere are you going to see that in the Bible and especially in these letters. He actually comes right out and talks about the stuff that he hates and the stuff that he's going to deal with and how he deals with it. It actually is kind of scary because he's talking to a church that's tolerating stuff that is dangerous for them and he needs to get their attention. And hopefully he'll get our attention today as we look at this letter. So I want you to notice with me, it's actually the longest letter of the seven. If you look at the number of verses that he uses here, it's the longest letter of the seven. And so notice with me what he says. We're, we're starting in verse 18. Notice what Jesus has the writer write to these churches. And to the angel or messenger of the church at Thyatira write... These things says the Son of God, whose eyes, who has eyes like flame of fire and feet like fine brass. I know your works, your love, service, faith, and your patience. And then as for your works, the last are more than the first. But nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you've allowed that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants 
to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who do not know the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put, you on, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessels. As I have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Folks, just like with all these other letters, we're going to take a look at what Jesus has for us today, has for our church and has for us individually. And it's my hope that as we go through this, I guess it's not my hope, I know that as we go through this and as we see what God's Word is saying, the Holy Spirit is going to communicate to you things about your life. Now, for everybody here, it's going to be different, but there, there are things that you maybe are tolerating in your life. And the fact of the matter is, is you're tolerating the intolerable to Jesus. Jesus doesn't care for what you're tolerating. And so he wants you to grasp the message here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these, these verses and divide them into four sections, four parts of a letter. We're going to look at it's him. We're going to look at how he identifies himself. And remember, every time we look at how he identifies himself, it's always relevant to what that church needs to understand about it. Okay? Always relevant. It's him. Then we're going to see what he knows. And the fact is, is he knows everything about us. Nothing is hidden from him. And then we're going to see what must happen. What needs to take place? What needs to happen in our lives? And then finally we're going to see the promise. So let's take a look at it's him. It's Jesus. Look at how he describes himself. He describes himself in two ways. Verse 18. These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. Two things I want you to see. First of all, Jesus identifies himself as deity, Son of God. First thing he's going to communicate to you that you and I need to grasp, and I think it's very important, is that we understand who he is, is that he is God. He is the Son of God. Why is that important? Well, I think it's important, especially in light of our times today, because you and I can develop a mindset where Jesus is just my friend. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That he's just my friend, and he loves me, and he cares for me. It's almost like Jesus is Bubba. Well, that's kind of sacrilegious, George. What are you talking about? Well, it may sound sacrilegious, but I think a lot of us act like he's Bubba. What do you mean? 
Well, you know what? I've got friends. You've got friends. And, and the friends that we hang out with, even though we may mess up and even though we're not doing wrong, they're still our friends and they still love us in spite of the stupid stuff that we do. Don't you have friends like that? I have friends like that. You have friends like that. The problem is, is we think that Jesus is a friend like that. That Jesus kind of just overlooks the stuff that we do wrong in our life because he loves us. Folks, he's not just your friend. It's time for us to wake up. And he's telling this church, I am the son of God. I'm just not anybody. I am it. I am part of the Godhead. God the Father, me, and the Holy Spirit. We're it. We're the ultimate authority. We are the judge. We are the reason why everything exists. We're the reason why you have life. I'm the one who gives forgiveness. I'm the one who punishes. That's what he's saying here. In fact, he wants it to make, make it so clear. Notice how he describes himself after he says his title, the Son of God. He says, look at what it says, verse 18, who has eyes like flame of fire and feet like fine brass. What's going on here? Eyes like fire, penetrating power of his vision. He sees through everything. Okay, let's stop for a moment. It's Sunday morning, and it looks like I'm doing okay to you, right? As far as you can tell, I'm happy. I'm doing all right. But really, what you can't see is I hate daylight savings time. So maybe I'm feeling like you're feeling this morning. Really? I didn't get enough sleep. I just feel blah, you know? And so I can make it look like, hey, I'm having a good, hey, why aren't you guys awake? Get some more coffee flowing. But in reality, I can hide who I really am. I can hide my struggles behind my smiles. I can hide my feelings. And, and we do that, don't we? we? We portray ourselves in such a way and everywhere else, and, and we can portray ourselves with our friends, our family, and act like everything's going great. And nobody really knows. But he's got eyes like fire. He sees everything. He penetrates everything where you're at. That's what he's talking about, eyes like fire. Okay, I, I see that. What's the feet like fine brass? Well, this, he has strength in executing his judgment. Feet like fine brass. You know, I liken it to this. Let me give you an example. Years ago... When I watched TV, especially in the first church, I used to go over to this guy's house in Canada. He was a deacon in our church. On Friday night, they'd always have boxing. So they would show the, whatever boxing match that happened during the week, and we'd sit there and we'd watch the boxing. Now, I like watching boxing. Boxing, not MMA or whatever. I'm boxing. I like boxing. And, and you hear guys talking about, as you see a guy who's being punished, oh, he's losing his legs. You ever heard that term with boxing? He's losing his legs. What's going on there? Sure enough, after a while, because he's losing his legs, wow, bam, slack, he's on the ground, he's out. He lost his legs. There's no strength in his legs. That's the picture that we have here when he says that he has feet like fine brass. He has strength in his judgment. 
So here's the point I want you to see about Jesus that you and I need to grasp. Nothing is hidden from Jesus. And he is sure in his judgment. Nothing is hidden from him, and he is sure in his judgment. So let me just stop for a moment, because here's the thing. We're talking about tolerating the intolerable and the fact that God hates that in our lives. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. We, everything may be going good in our lives. We may be, look like we're good Christians. We're good, good members of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. We, you know, good, good adherents of the church and everything. But we're tolerating stuff in our lives that maybe nobody else knows. Embarrassing things. Jesus comes along and says, I am the Son of God. Nothing is hidden from me. And I am sure in my judgment. I'm going to explain what that means later because you might be saying, well, you mean I'm going to lose my salvation? No, 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 I didn't say that. But we will talk about what that means later. So here's the reality, okay? We talk about tolerating stuff in our life that we shouldn't be tolerating. We need to remember who God is, who Jesus is. He's the Son of God and nothing is hidden from Him and he's pretty sure in his judgment. So here's what he says. This is what he sees. This is what he sees in this church. Look with me, what he knows. Verse 19 and 20. I know your works, your love, your service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. That because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Here's what he's saying. Two things. Number one, he knows that they are progressing in spiritual fruit. He knows that they're progressing in spiritual fruit in their lives. You know, you understand, listen, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The things that he's listing here, that he sees that's going on in their lives there as a church, he sees that they're growing in spiritual fruit. In fact, he says what they're doing now is more than what they did at first. They're increasing, they're growing. Wow, wouldn't we like that to be said about us? that we are maturing in our walk with Jesus and we're becoming more patient. How many of you want patience? I want patience, yeah. And they're becoming more patient and they're becoming more loving and they're, and they're serving people more. And he says, your, first, your, your, your latter works are more than your first. You're doing good. Wow, we could stop right there and say, let's go on home. But that's not all he sees. He actually sees something bad because they're tolerating something. Here's what he says. He knows that they have tolerated the presence of sin in their midst. In fact, he describes it this way. I don't believe the woman's name was actually Jezebel. I think it is a word that is used to describe her character. There was a Jezebel in the Old Testament who taught the northern kingdom to sin against God, to worship Baal, to make sacrifices to Baal and to worship idols, and to commit sexual immorality. 
So this woman is like Jezebel. So obviously they had a woman in their church who had some kind of role in teaching, and she was actually teaching them that it was okay to engage in the pagan worship of the time, which included the pagan worship of the time, always included sexual immorality, and eating things that were offered to idols. And this is pretty bad. They were tolerating sin in their midst. It's kind of like over in 1 Corinthians, another church that we see there in 1 Corinthians, the Corinthian church, Paul is rebuking them because they, they, like the church at Thyatira, were tolerating sin in their midst. Listen to what Paul said to them. And you are puffed up. They actually thought they were spiritual. And you can get to that place where you think you're spiritual by tolerating stuff that's wrong. Well, I'm mature. I don't need to be legalistic. I don't need to be condemning. And so here's what, here's, here's what he says to this Corinthian church. You are puffed up and, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might turn away from, be turned away from among you. What was going on? In that church, they had a guy who was sleeping with his stepmom. That's pretty serious, isn't it? And they were, we're spiritual, we're tolerating in the love of Jesus that. And so here's the thing. God is saying, you're doing good in this one, in these areas. You're growing. That's wonderful. But you're tolerating the most despicable things among yourselves. And he sees that. Okay, let's stop. On one hand, you want to grow. You want to grow in your relationship with Jesus and you're excited about Jesus. On one hand, you just, you just want to sense Him every day in your life and, and you're, you want to see answers to prayer and you want to do this and you want to see that and, and, and you are seeing that and you're like, man, it's wonderful to be a Christian. But on the other hand, there's some ugliness in your life that you're just overlooking. You are tolerating some ugliness. And you think you're spiritual for tolerating it. And, and the reality is, is that that is something that you need to grasp a hold of. Because the fact of the matter is, is that what you're tolerating is not good. In fact, what he would tell the, what Paul would tell the church in Corinth, it's going to affect you. You. You think you're growing and you're being spiritual, but it's actually having a detrimental effect on you. And so for some of you here, you are tolerating some stuff in your life that you know is not right, but hey, God's blessing me in other areas of my life. And the fact of the matter is, let's stop for a moment. Maybe nobody else knows that that's taking place in your life, but Jesus is saying, I know it. I see it. I'm aware. And it's not good. You are tolerating in your life, you're tolerating in your church, you're tolerating the intolerable. So you say, okay, George, what must happen? Well, this is where, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, it's, it's almost like a di really difficult passage to deal with because you look at how Jesus talks here, it's like, whoa, what am I talking? He's talking to Christians. 
Look at what he says here. Look with me at verse 21 through 25. First of all, I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. First thing I want you to see is this. In his grace, he gives the opportunity to repent. This is what you and I need to understand. You say, okay, George, if it's that bad, if what I'm, if what I'm involved in is that bad, why hasn't Jesus dealt with me yet? Folks, the reason why he maybe hasn't dealt with you yet and dealt with you in a severe way about it is simply because of his grace. He's giving you an opportunity to what? Come to your senses. Deal with it. Recognize on your own that what you're doing is wrong. Just, just, just being honest with you. In his grace, he gives the opportunity to repent. So with this woman who, I mean, what she's advocating here, I mean, seriously, we would think, yeah, that doesn't belong in a church. How in the world are they tolerating that? And how could they think they're actually doing good by tolerating this woman? And, and the fact of the matter is, Jesus said, I gave her opportunities to repent. I gave her opportunities to change her mind. I gave her opportunities to get right with me. She didn't do it. First thing, in his grace, he gives the opportunity to repent. Notice with me, let's look at verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your work. What's going on here? Jesus will punish those who tolerate sin as an example to the churches. Jesus will punish those who tolerate sin as an example to the churches. He's going to punish them. What do you mean punish them? He's going to send them to hell? No, folks. He's going to punish them. He's going to reveal the sin... He's going to deal with them in whatever case to bring them to the place where they will repent and turn their hearts to Jesus. Why is he doing that? So that it serves as an example to the churches about how serious Jesus is about sin. Because have you noticed, you, you, you think about it, you think about the ugliness that we're tolerating in our lives. We, we don't want anybody to know that. We, we want it to be if it's even revealed, we want it to be, hush, don't talk about it. We don't want anybody to have any thoughts about it. We don't want the ugliness revealed. But have you noticed that once it's revealed, it's never, it's completely out of our control? Do you know what I'm saying? Like once it's out of the bag, it is a mess. So like the other day, I'll be honest with you, we were, uh, this was just a week ago, uh, I love making pizzas, and so we buy flour by the 25-pound bag. And I was putting it in Lori's Hoosier, She's got a flour dispenser there. And once you open that bag, you've got to be careful because with flour, once it gets out, it's everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and it was getting out and it was getting everywhere. And, and it's like, I'm going to get in trouble. Because you can't hide that flour's gotten out, Right? And that's the way we are about sin. And God exposes it, but here's what he does. He exposes how he deals with it for an example to the rest of us. 
So the next time something's revealed, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, why, why? No, we need to see that. We need to see that there are repercussions for sin in our lives. And see, Jesus will punish those who tolerate sin. Why? As an example to the churches. To the churches. Here's the other thing he says. And and you say, boy, this is getting really heavy. Here's the other thing. Look with me at verse 24 and 25. Now, to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, and as many as have not had this doctrine, who do not know the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. Here's the other thing I want you to see about what must happen. Jesus calls believers to hold on to their faith until he comes. You just need to hold on. Quit tolerating the junk in your life. Quit tolerating the ugliness and hold on to your faith until he comes. That's what he's telling us to do. Listen, think about it for a moment. He was commending them that they're growing in their works. They're growing in their service. They're growing in their faith. They're growing in their spiritual fruit, but yet they were tolerating this stuff. And 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 the thought just occurred to me. How much more could they grow if they didn't tolerate it? How much more would their faith grow if they didn't tolerate the ugliness in their lives, the sin? How much more would their service and the impact of their service be if they didn't tolerate it? How much more will your life have an impact for Jesus if you didn't tolerate that one thing or those two things or that three things or whatever it is that you're holding on to? Jesus calls... Believers, to hold on to their faith until he comes. So here's the promise. Here's the promise. He's saying, look, if, if you deal with this, if you're not tolerating the, the intolerable in your life, if you, if you overcome, I'm going to give you this promise. Look with me. I, I think it's very interesting. Verse 26. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels as I have received from my Father. And I will give them the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, listen to what Jesus is saying here. Consider what's being said here. Here's what the promise is. To those those who overcome will rule the nations with Jesus. What a promise. You overcome, you hang on to the end, and you're going to rule with me the world. Yeah, you. Little old you in Clearfield County, nobody pays attention to you. You're going to rule with him. Isn't that awesome? It's not an elected position. It's an appointed position. He says, I'm going to appoint you to sit with me on the throne to rule the world. Wonderful, isn't it? Here's the second promise. Those who overcome. Those who overcome will have Jesus himself. See, here's the thing. The scripture very clearly records that the morning star, you'll have the morning star. What's that? He's going to give us a star, George? No, it's a title. The morning star is the title for Jesus. You are going to have Jesus, the one who died for you, the one who gave his life for you, the one that's watching over you, the one who forgave you, the one who loves you beyond anybody else in the world. He loves you. You're going to have him forever. Forever. Isn't that awesome? 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.